This is episode 17 with England sports psychologist, Mike Rotherham. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, TechShot. TechShot is a brilliant training device for any batter. It's been designed to help batters improve their technique by getting instant feedback on their contact point. One of the biggest issues that I see in batting is players losing their front side and as a result they push their hands at the ball, causing them to lose both power and control of the shot. Not anymore. TechShot makes you keep your shape and hit the ball with a high elbow. Former Australian opening batsman and now batting coach at the National Performance Centre, Chris Rogers, has, de- has described it as an amazing tool as it's helping some of Australia's best cricketers use their shape more. To get yourself a device, head to www.techshotcricket.com and put in the coupon code CRICKETMENTORING, all capital letters with no spaces, to get a free training video that I made on how you can use it in your training. If you do purchase a device, please let me know how you go with it, as I'd love to hear your feedback. This is episode 17 with England sports psychologist, Mike Rotherham. G'day legends! Welcome to this episode of The Process of Success. After a three month break, I'm pumped to be back and hopefully bigger and better than ever before. I really want to make this podcast as interesting and valuable for you as it can be. This episode, which was recorded a few months ago while I was in the UK, is with one of the England cricket team's sports psychologists, Mike Rotherham. Mike, who was a cricketer himself, started working with the England men's team and England Lions and is now working closely with the England women. With nine years of studying under his belt, Mike is extremely qualified to teach the mental skills required to perform at the highest level. In this episode, we discussed how he became a sports psychologist after not being good enough to make it as a player, how he did a PhD in the yips and what causes the yips, what a sports psychologist actually does, what the traits are mentally of an elite athlete, how he coaches players who overanalyze or overthink things, how the coaches set up sessions to test and train their players under pressure, the difference between people who are driven by consequences and those that are driven by rewards and how to work out who needs what, plus a whole lot more. This is an awesome insight into how some of the world's best players train and work on their mental skills. If you're interested in getting the most out of yourself and trying the techniques that aren't really talked about on a regular basis, then this is a great episode that you will get a lot of value from. So let's get into it. G'day guys, welcome to this episode of the Process of Success podcast. I'm here today with England uh, women's sports psychologist, Mike Rotherham. Mike, thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Now, um, first of all, how did you get into sports psychology? Um, So for me, it was more around um, personal experiences, wanted to play professionally, realised I wasn't very good enough. Um, And, you know, this was an area of the game that really interested me. So it was, um, yeah, it kind of went hand in hand from my own experience as well. Awesome. And did you study sports psychology at uni? Yeah, so I was, um, I spent basically nine years at university. We had three years doing at Sheffield Hallam, doing a um, sports science degree, followed on by the master's degree, then a PhD in the YIPS. Wow. Um, and then all the while training up on the applied side. PhD in the yips. What did that? What is? What did that involve? Was it just? Just trying to find out what was going. What? Yeah. What? What happens with it? And what? What causes it? How you? How you treat it? 
And can you remember that? Was that a little while ago? Can you remember? Can you give us a little bit of insight into some of the findings from that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think it's um, a brain disorder with the with, 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 with the yips, but a lot of the stuff we were we were finding is it's it's, it's more trauma based. Um, um, either like what we call like a small T trauma or big T trauma. So typically, those who experience the yips have had lots of small, what we call a small T is like a, an embarrassing situation or lots of things kind of layered on. And then an event might trigger it off in a game and you think, where the hell's this come from? Or it might be like what we call like a big T event, which would be, you know, like a death of someone in the family and then all of a sudden go out a couple of weeks later and then the individual might yip up. Excellent. Wow, that's very interesting. And, and how did you, what were your findings? How, how do you then now coach um, athletes not to, to get the yips, I suppose? Um, well, there's a couple, couple of things. So generally there's, there's certain personality types being more susceptible to it. Um, so people who are what we call like high and maladaptive perfectionism. Um, so on the, the bad, the, like what I call like the dark side of perfectionism. So you have like the bright side, which is, you know, someone who's goal orientated, achievement striving. The dark side is someone who beats themselves up critical of themselves it's never it's never good enough so generally people who, are, who, who form on on that side of things with um, obsessional thinkers typically they're obsessional thinkers and quite self-conscious about themselves so a lot of it's around helping them work with their personality characteristics and uh, not be as hard on themselves um, and then the, the other side will then be around in the in the training in the training environment and the competition environment helping them develop skills that um, yeah, that they can manage with the with the pressure scenario. Mm, awesome, awesome. Now we'll get into perfectionism shortly. It's something I'm I'm really interested in. But what just for some of our younger viewers and listeners who might not have had um experience with a sports psychologist or sports psychology before, what what is it really? What what is sports psychology? <laughs> just another coach, really. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You you you're a coach who looks after the the, the what's going on what's going on up here and in, in your nuggins really. Yeah. So it's about the mind and how yeah. the mind works under under stress and under yeah. performance. You train your physical skills. This is just about training with your mental skills and being able to use your physical skills when you need to use them. Awesome. And now, if you were to get into the mind of an elite athlete or a very successful athlete, what are some of the traits or what what are some of the things that they do? Um. I think there's some qualities that you, you, you'll see from like, I think the, 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 they are highly, highly driven, they're excessively driven. Um, they're ruthless um, when, when, they, when they need to be ruthless, very diligent in terms of the, the, the preparation. Um, you know, they, they have a real sound understanding of themselves in terms of what, make, what makes them work, what makes them tick. Is, um, that, is that something that they've learned over time or is that I think something? So. I think so. Um, I think that's shown through through reflection, through the coaches, the people people around them. Um, you got some who sit on the, the probably the more talented end of the spectrum. I have no idea, and you almost the the, the 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 side of that where you're actually trying to help them be aware, but mm. there's is too much awareness actually a bad thing for those kind of players mm. because that just awareness maybe makes them overthink things. Yeah, yeah, danger. How how do you deal with or coach a player that does overthink things and? And really, probably overanalyzes things, and that holds them back. Yeah, you're, you're trying to get the back to real simple, simple things. Simple, like just watch the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So their 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 automatic their automatic nature can take take over. The, the 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 last thing you want in a in a competitive environment is to be thinking about stuff, thinking about stuff that's irrelevant. I mean, the the game of cricket, 
does require thinking. You have to think about um, you have to think about game scenarios. You have to think about um, you know like your, your, your game plans for different different bowlers about how you're going to go about about things. But the things you don't want to be thinking about are very very internal thoughts. Where like where's my back lift? How's my hands on the bat? Are my feet moving? Um, you're trying to get people. You're trying to get players into a place where they can think in an automatic, automatic fashion, where it's just watch the ball and it's think almost like think it, do it. You you you, you know you the, the you, you, your subconscious takes over and the rest of it just happens. And so, do you then teach them or coach them to do that in their practice sessions, and you really get them to narrow their focus, and you work with the athlete and say, all right, next time you go to the nets, I want you to try and just focus on this and this and try and not pay attention to like some of those other thoughts or how do they actually implement it? Yeah, so we'll kind of break sessions down into um, so our training sessions will either be one of um, a, a, a sort of a, a mindset session which will be um, you're working on actually working on poking a little bit yeah. but like so from the coach's point of view they want to they want to find out a bit more about yeah, them. Yeah, so yeah, we want to poke. We want to get them into an emotional state. We want to see can they, can they, um, can they regulate themselves to get back into here and now and actually manage manage themselves. And this so, is done sort of in a cricket sense, or is this done in a classroom in a sense, yeah, like yeah. it's in the nets or something? Yeah, absolutely. It's do, it's done live, and I think they're they're often the best the best sessions. Uh, my role will be supporting the coaches. Um, supporting the players in those environments, acting as a bit of a, a facilitator at times to actually create some of the learning, and then you're hoping the player comes away with something. To go, ah, oh, right, I recognise that actually that impacted my ability to think in the here and now. What I need to do is. Can you give us an example of how you poke them? How you is it sort of just getting to face quite fast, like really fast bowling that evokes uh, fear, or is it trying to put them in a in a, uh, a situational based training session or? Yeah, there's 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 there's, there's generally the, the people will generally be um, susceptible to one or two things. One is people who are like quite high in what we call like threat sensitivity. So they're they're sensitive to things that could go wrong, the what ifs, um, you know, bad outcomes. Um, so what you're trying to create, you're, you probably try and create with them is you're trying to bring make the outcomes like really, really live for them mm. and absolutely talk up the consequences, talk up the things that could go wrong, put consequences in place if they. If they mess up, um, then you've got people who are very reward sensitive, and they're 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 all they're thinking about is I could win, I could win. Mm. Uh, there's a prize at the end of the mm. there's a prize at the end of the um, the training session that I could I, or, or or the game. They're the people who want to be there. You know the they they want the glory. They want the the opportunity. Um, and uh, and for them, it's about you know you, you might actually put the prize there in front of them, so actually they can. Yeah, it's theirs so, to lose. Or uh, yeah, absolutely. And can can they manage that side of things? Can they um, refrain from the impulse that, that and and keep themselves not getting too excited? Mm. And is that something you do a personality test? Or yeah, ha- yeah, yeah. We use a lot of personality measures to to understand the players. And and again, it, it's not a um, it's not an an answer. It's just a, it gives us a window to say what's going on for this player. Yeah. Now might we work best with them? And what how much of what you do and what you see and the players you work with, how much of it is the personality and how much of it is can be trained and, and improved? Yeah, it, it, the, the, the nature-nurture debate's been, been around for um, years. I think reality is it's probably 50-50. Mm. Um, 50% you're, you're going to inherit your, your genes from your, um, 
know, your, your, your parents and, 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 and 50% is the environment that you're in. So the, what we do know is the environment you're in will either switch on or switch off certain parts of your, your, you know, your personality and you, yeah, absolutely, you can, you can train it. Yeah, and so can, they're physical, they're mental skills that can be improved yeah. no matter what your personality is. Absolutely. Um, now, having worked with some of the world's best players and you're with, with the England women at the moment, what are some sort of mental preparation skills that some of the, the ladies use at the moment? Um, I think I think the first thing is having a really um, having a really clear routine about what they're what they're what they're trying trying to do. Um, so that that'll be, you know, the days leading up to a game. You know, they'll have a very very set correct set plan about what they're what they're trying to do on on certain days. So, um, you know, leading up to the morning of the game. Their, prepar- their preparation to actually when they walk out to bat and, and face a ball, everything's very very. You know, if you if you're taking a snapshot of one of the players and you, you know, you took the, the fact that they're playing against, uh, let's say South Africa today, um, and you you kind of just to watch that video, you, you you'd see the same routine, uh, mm. regardless of opposition. I mm. think, and that's the that's the key. And there's always challenges with that. You know, like so whether, you know, so certain grounds you might go to. Might not have certain certain facilities that some of them are used to. So again, it's that how do they take aspects of that routine and make make so sure it, it doesn't make or break them yeah, if they yeah, can't absolutely. do it. Yeah. Absolutely, I think that's a especially at an amateur level that can be a really um, thing that makes or breaks people is if they rock up and there's no nets and they have yeah. to hit on the outfield, then they throw their toys out of the pram that's and right. their innings is almost over before they've even started. That's right. And so it's it's a real skill to be able to manage that emotion. Um, now, what are some techniques that you teach your athletes and, and train them in to help their mental and emotional skills? Do you do things like imagery or meditation or? Um, we all, we, I wouldn't necessarily say so there's been like a, there's a toolbox of things we'll do it. A lot of it's based on the individual that you're working with. Um, I, mean, I know from, from, from my side, I, I work from a very, very um, strengths orientated, strengths orientated approach. So what we're trying to always do with, with the players is Build on what they're what they're best at, um, build on build on their resources, their strengths, and actually turn them into super strengths, because um, that's actually a source of confidence. And then what you then try to do is create the environment that they can actually go out and use those strengths in the environment. So again, I think you see a lot of the stuff that um, certainly with the women, they they play a very brave brand of cricket, mm. and I think that's a lot of the lot to do with the the environment our coaches set up that allow them to play that way. Mm. Um, I think we, you know, certainly some some of the players, you know, you have to deal with a lot of noise in your in your in your head, uh, you know, the, the the man on the shoulder, so to speak, who go on do it or don't don't do yeah, it. Yeah. You know that that's that's the same in every every player. You know, we we'll work we'll certainly work with the players around, you know, very very much in terms of probably my, mindfulness based techniques to um, help quiet quiet the noise in your quiet the noise in your head. But that's no different to. That's something you can find on any any given app. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, well, how do you then? You just mentioned the noise in the head. How do you coach or train them to not pay attention to that negative story, story or voice that's there, and, and like try and focus on something that's a bit more positive and makes them feel a bit calmer? I wouldn't say it's about ignoring it. I think it's about accepting that it's yeah. there. Um, yeah, so that you can't you can't turn off the noise in your head. No, you, but what you can do is kind of go, I can hear you, except you're there. But I'm going to tune into watching the ball anyway. Yeah, um, 
you know, a lot of people, and the, the, dan the danger you, you, you can have is you can get into that, that story of, well, I, why am I thinking these thoughts? I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts. And then that just creates a whole another yeah, yeah, yeah. cycle of uh, emotion that you kind of just go around and actually just going, yeah, I, I accept I'm feeling quite negative today. Right. But what I need to do is actually tune in to watch the ball. I need to tune in to get my feet going. I need to tune in to being energized at the crease. I need to tune into my intent. Mm. So it's just, it's just putting the attention on yeah. The, the thoughts that serve the player rather yeah. than fighting that voice and saying, don't think that, don't do this. It's yeah. just a slight change, yeah. Um, now, how do you coach your athletes to deal with pressure and expectation that they either put on themselves or they feel from an outside source? Um, again, without giving too much away, I mean... Uh, uh, all of our players will. All of our players will, will have. Um, you know, we, we, we'll do almost like a summary page of you know what what goes on for that player. Them at the best. Them at the worst. The things that probably act as derailers for them. Um, you know what we what we what we what we try and do is um, under, understand those so actually we can help minimise those. Yeah. Um, from a, from a an, an environment point of view, from a training point of view, uh, as I said earlier, you know you're always trying to create. Um, pressurized environments as much as you can. So there's the bit of can you can you have you got the skill to be able to play reverse sweep, for instance. But then there's the can you use that skill in the right context at the right time in the right conditions under pressure. Mm. That's a very very different. That's a very very different thing. Um, and again, what you what you're trying to do is is uh, manipulate the training environment as much as you can. So you do get the heart going. You do mm. get the, the the mind racing a little bit. And then can they? And in a supportive way, you co you 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 use that environment to coach them to help them develop their own skills. Right. So it's then if they've done it enough and they've hopefully succeeded a number of times in that training environment that's under pressure, then they can feel calmer and more able yeah. to deal with it in the moment in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Now you've just talked about the environment. How do you create an environment like it's a game, like in a training environment? Because obviously. You're dealing with um, elite sport. You're dealing yeah. with women's professional cricket. There could be thirty thousand people at Lords for a World Cup final, like yeah. there was last year. How do you then set that environment up at training? You're never, you're never going to recreate thirty thousand people. Um, that, that, that's on. Yeah, that's not not realistic. But there's, there's 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 different things you can do. I mean, you know, so whether it's um, whether it's creating, you know, you're playing on a on a pitch that's. Um, an exaggerated version of what you might play on, so it might be you know, like a really dusty pitch. You know, like a, it's going to be like a real spin. A spinning top is actually an excessive, mm. excessively so. It might be um, in terms of creating like competitions. So you've actually got lead leaderboards that actually the players are then comparing themselves to each other. Um, it might be that you're creating a bit of judgment. So you've got the co the coaches there watching the session, but actually. You know they're actually mark marking stuff, and again, it's just you just you creating that um, that thing that actually this is this is different. The 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 the, the, the very thing that that, that that you're trying to create within um, within training is the, th the fact that a it's com it's competitive, so I, I'm competing against each other, and there's an element of judgment and comparison because yeah. they're the, they're the things that are present when you when you're competing. Yeah. And you, you're trying to you're trying to make that work for the player. Yeah, awesome. Um, now, 
as a player yourself, how do you implement the mental techniques that you know help elite athletes into your own game? You've obviously played a lot of cricket yourself. How do you, being a sports psychologist... It's probably made me think too much. I was going to say, has it, has it made you overthink things? Yeah, prob- probably. Um, yeah, I, I, I think if anything, it's just the, it's the consistency of your preparation, consistency of your... I mean, say, the, the older you get, the more you know, you know your own game, the things you know um, build your confidence and the bits you know that take away your confidence. So, I, 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 you know, from my own side, I, I'd know that doing a weakness-based session, let's say, for instance, or like doing, like sticking a video on and, and um, analysing technical stuff two or three days for a game is not going to serve me well. Mm. It, it's actually probably just doing more feel-goods-based stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, but I think also as an amateur player, for, for myself, it's acceptance that I can't do all the stuff that the pros would do. Yeah, yeah. I can't necessarily work on all the skills that I'm probably going to need on a Saturday afternoon, so I have to kind of accept what I've got yeah. and do best with what I've got, yeah. which isn't a lot these days. <laughs> <laughs> probably being a bit hard on yourself. But it's, what's come, what's become blatantly obvious in all my research and reading over the last few years is is how important self-awareness is, and that seems to be the thing that allows athletes to then perform. Do you sort of work with your athletes quite regularly on reflecting? You said you've got the one-page summary. Do you sit down with each individual and say, where are you at, how are you feeling, what are you doing? Or is that something that's sort of left to them to do? Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, you, you're trying to always encourage self-reflection. So after after a game, after a training session, um, might be a work of time when, when things have gone really well, um, even just as much when times have gone has gone poorly you, you, you're trying to pick those bits and go what was it about that time what yeah. did you do yeah ah right what, what i did was this right can we use that can we build that into into what you do your preparation and what i would say to any any young players it's never you've never all of a sudden got you know you never get to a point you go right that's it you're always looking to build and evolve you've got the the, the stable what we call like the secure basis of what you you know the foundations of your game that are there but you're always kind of adding adding stuff on. Mm. Mm. Something that ever stops. No, absolutely. I think we've all got to always be students of the game and, and try and evolve. Um, now, as a as a batting coach, I talk a lot to my athletes about a pre-ball routine, both physically and mentally. Is that something you speak to your athletes or work with them about? Yeah, I mean, that's more. That'd be more from. Um, our coaches would probably take more more handle on that on the on the ground. And again, we, you know, my role would be to help facilitate the coaches in in, in that. But I think that's more of a um, practical hands-on, the coaches side of thing. And ultimately, what you're trying to do with with, with the routine, I, I think I think your routine serves two things. It's one is my is my focus in the here and now, and two, I'm in the right emotional state to face this ball. It's generally what you're trying to do. And yeah. I see a lot of players will go through the routine. They'll fiddle with the pads. They'll twi- fl- flip their uh, bat round. But again, it's what what purpose is your routine serving? Your routine has to serve the purpose of am I watching this ball and am I am I actually in the here and now and have I got myself either into like a really activated state, like quite pumped up, or actually probably more relaxed. And it'd be different for each person. It'd be different for each person. Yeah, some players need to be more more activated. Other players need to be more quite cool, quite chilled, quite calm, relaxed. Yeah, and I think the key to being successful um, long-term is to try and figure that out about yourself as quickly as you can. It is, definitely. Um, Definitely. Now, 
something that we get so many questions through our social media about and a lot of people ask about is confidence and how how can I improve my confidence? I personally believe that the best players don't fluctuate in confidence too much because they have a deep belief in themselves. They truly believe that they're going to succeed on that day. And if they don't, they believe they'll do it the next day. What is something you try and help your athletes with around confidence? I think I think the first thing is that, that there are some... I, I, mean, I, I agree with that. There's, a, there's, an inner, there's an inner conviction. I think there are some myths around confidence. Um, I think one of those is that you know, in order for me to be confident, I have to feel confident first. Um, and I, I think that's kind of a myth because confidence is something you get from actually, um, it, it, it's something you get payback from doing things. So, so rather than kind of rephrase it from, rather than confidence being a feeling, actually confidence being an action. So for me to get com- feel confident, I have to do something first. So, so for instance, for me to be able to hit down the ground and be confident actually I can, you know, against the spinners, hit, hit the ball over the top and actually clear them. I actually have to know that I can do that in training first and then I need to know I can do it under pressure. Then I need to know I can do it on different surfaces. I need to know, I, need to know I can do it with an old ball, a new ball. I need to know that. Mm. And, and then you go, actually, I've got robust confidence because mm. it's actually coming from evidence from the training environment. Mm. Um, so I think that, that, that for me is true. Like, I think fake, com- there's the fake confidence can be, I've got the belief, but then well, I'm not going to do anything to kind of develop reinforce it, it, reinforce it. Whereas like true inner belief is kind of, how do I know I can bowl a Yorker at the death um, and have confidence in my skills to go a wide Yorker um, straight Yorker, slow ball, like Yorker. It comes from the training. From ground. doing it. From doing it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Let's take a break from Mike for a minute and go back to our last episode with Middlesex and England fast bowler Stephen Finn. I think I flew into Bangladesh and then played the next day in a three day warm up game, and Andy Flair liked what he saw and decided to leapfrog me over the guys who'd been there preparing for the series for a while into that first test. And again, it all happened so quickly so that. I didn't really have a grasp of what was going on that I was making my international test debut at a young age. I just went out there and tried to run in as hard as I could, bowl as quick as I could, remember those things that I thought about when I was a youngster um, and try and have as much fun and enjoy it as much as I could. I was playing in a team with Peterson, Collingwood, um, Cook, Broad, guys who I'd watched on the TV and never met before and then all of a sudden I was playing cricket with them so it was it was a awesome experience um, but I think that just going out there and trying to enjoy it was was my overriding thing. Now let's get back to Mike. So something that a lot of young people struggle with is um, perfectionism which you, you touched on before and and dealing with mistakes and I think a lot of um, young players they, they might hit one or two, shank them, not hit them out of the middle, and they start to beat themselves up or bully yeah. themselves. And and that then just flows on and affects the rest of their net or even their match. How do you help players deal with mistakes and how do you help that sort of not feeling like you're playing well if you're not playing at your absolute best? I think I think a lot of it's the key, the skill of acceptance. Like you have to accept that it's not going to be perfect. You have to accept you're going to make mistakes. You have to accept you're going to get it wrong. You have to accept that it's not going to feel great every time you go out and go out and play. Um, and one of our um, one of our uh, batting coaches once said, I mean, he's been a very successful player you'll have played with probably, um, Mark Rampercast. He said, 
probably, you know, like I, of all the times I've played, there's probably one in a hundred where I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel like great. Mm. And like a lot of the time you, you, you fight it, you fight it. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I think, like I, I did a talk last night and I showed a video of Steve Smith after the Ashes where he had all the success and averaged over a hundred. And he said, oh, I probably wasn't hitting the ball at my best. And Graham Swan said, you're joking. And then he said, no, no, I was just in a good mental space and I was making good decisions. And I think something that I've learned over the last few years is the best players are probably not happy, but they're willing to perform at or be at 70% or 80% or 92% of their best. Whereas I think often as kids or amateurs, we get caught up trying. When we're not at 100%, we feel like we're not playing well. Yeah, yeah, we judge ourselves again. We judge ourselves against that. I think if you can get into that, that mindset of acceptance, it's not perfect. You you you'll go a long way. Um, I talk about we talk about this character we call like the you know you're in a voice, you're in a critic, the judge so to speak, and the judge will always be there. Mm. You'll always hear it saying, "Oh, that wasn't good enough," or "Should have been better," or you know you, you ought to do ought to do better next time. That's always going to be there. Yeah, Just accept it. Right? And it's I, th- I think from what I've learned is and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's also. Once you've accepted it's there, it's just trying to not give it attention, trying to yeah. not give it energy and trying to give attention and energy to things that serve you. And they serve you, yeah. So watch it, watching the ball, cheering into your intent and, and, yeah. and those things. But one, like, well, as you just said, one of the best skills any bad or sports person can have is that you, we're not perfect and we yeah. are going to make lots of mistakes and learn to embrace the mistakes. Absolutely. And I always say like, there's, a, there's a time to switch, switch on your perfectionism. Um, like the perfectionism is great in a training environment where you know you go in the hard yards and actually you're trying to master your skill and you're trying to master like the diff- the different parts of the game. The time for perfect the, the time not for perfectionism is in the game scenario when you um, you know you you're in a tricky situation. You don't want to be thinking perfection thoughts at yeah, that point yeah. in time. Remember again one of our batters. It was one of the best bits of like applied coaching at Sim. Um, one of our England batters um, kept kept nicking the ball. This is this is going back a few years ago when I was on the men the men's side. And um, this player's getting really fraught up, really frustrated with themselves. And the batting uh, coach at this particular point in time just says, "Mate, it's one more run. It's one more run. Doesn't matter like whether it looks great. Doesn't matter whether your bats come down perfect. It's one more run. Yeah. The game's about scoring runs." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we we often get too caught up in doing things perfectly, but. That's what it's about. Um, now, just before we get towards the end and we wrap up, um, you've got a busy day ahead, so I really appreciate your time being here today. Um, you've been involved with the England women for the past two years. Um, something that I've started to pay a lot more attention is, is women's cricket, and I've been really impressed by the, the improvement, and I think the skill is going through the roof. I was in India a couple of months ago, and the, I was just incredibly impressed by the young girls coming through. I think the twelve-year-old yeah. girls were almost better yeah. skill-wise than the boys. What have you seen in the progression of women's cricket over the last few years? I think it's just um, there's, a, there's a professionalism, isn't there? There's um, the, 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 atti- the, the the attitude to improve improve the game. That the, they're very very much outward looking now rather than um, looking at you know innovation. You know, like so look at some of the work. That the, again, we've done this 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 year, like all the stuff around power hitting, and always looking at new ways to kind of innovate and go where the game's going. Really, um, but the girls are fitter now, they're stronger now, they've got more skills now than ever ever before. And I think, and again, the more 
the more people watch the game, the more money there is in the game, the more you can pay players, the more that they can train. It, 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 everything feeds itself, doesn't it? They've got yeah. opportunities to go to the Big Bash um, in Australia. You've obviously got the KSL just coming up now. Be, again, players from um, other countries, the best players in the world, be coming into that competition. It's just brilliant to see. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think women's cricket in 10 years will be almost on, on par with men's cricket, I'm yeah. sure. Um, now, final few questions that I ask all our guests. What's what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Keep it simple. Yeah, great answer for uh, for cricket. Keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. What's your definition of success? Um, oh, put your ego on the line. I think I think if you can if you can put your ego on the line, whilst feeling fear. I think that's the that's the, the I think that's the true the bet the, the the most successful and then again this is from my work with in, in Olympic sports as well the best athletes are that I, I see the, the 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 truly truly great athletes are those that put their ego on the line right interesting that's a no, not an answer we've had before I like that that's cool yeah. and finally why do you play cricket. For me, my motivation is completely different now. I mean, that, mine's more about now about um, trying to help my local community, and um, yeah, my motivations are completely different now, yeah. really. Yeah, awesome, mate. Mike, thank you so much for your time yeah, no worries. and for your great insight. I'm sure our viewers have got a huge amount of value out of that, so thank you. No worries. Cheers. Well, legends, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Mike. It's great that Mike has been able to have a career in cricket, even though he realised he wasn't going to make it as a player. Now, as a sports psychologist, he helps England's top players understand, manage and train their thoughts and emotions so that they can perform at their best consistently and when the pressure is on. It was great to hear how they do personality tests to work out how each individual will best respond to different situations and also how high performance on a mental level is a combination of genetics and environment. If you enjoyed this episode or learnt something, then please share it with your friends and on your social media pages. Remember to tag me at Skulls5 as I'd love to hear your thoughts. We've also put the video of this chat on our YouTube channel, Cricket Mentoring. So head over there if you want to watch it and please subscribe to our channel if you haven't already done so. Thanks for investing your time to join me for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, learned something from it and realised that anything is possible if you put in the work. Now it's time to go out and get it done, legends.